right, Grandpa. So bouncing off of uh, you've had more opportunities. So do you think because the clientele over here that you acquired is is it richer than other ones? Is that why it's probably a better opportunity for you? Because many people in in L.A. or in California have a lot of wealth. Do you think that's something that uh, you could speak to? Well, it's it's actually that's an interesting question. And I find it interesting because I actually never considered that. Uh, I think it's true that there are a lot of wealthy people here. And, um, but I, I think that, um, uh, and wealth is, is a, relative, a relative thing because <clears throat> it costs a lot to live in California. Our taxes are higher, the price of homes and uh, uh, food and uh, entertainment are higher. And, if you lived in the in, in the central part of the of the country in Iowa, Indiana, places like that, where housing is cheaper, you might not make as much money. You might not have clients with as many clients with as much money, but you don't need as much money. So it's a it's a it's a relative thing and one I never really uh, considered. I didn't think about staying here because there'd be more wealthy clients. I think the for me it was a question that. L.A. was my home, and what am I going to do here in L.A.? And so if I had become a stockbroker, maybe I would have done something else, but it would have probably been in this area. And uh, I was married to Nancy, and, and her family was, was here. She was from here. Um, we were a couple of local kids, and uh, our, we were going to stay here. Although I will say that um, there at one point was a chance we would have lived in the Bay Area, San Francisco. Yeah, for that matter. And, and uh, that that didn't happen, but uh, that would have that that was a possibility. Yeah. So, and then you say that you like grew up around here, and you so you grew up in Glendale, or you grew up in the Glendale area, or not in Glendale itself, in the Los Feliz area, around Griffith Park. That's where I grew up. It's right adjacent to Glendale. Yeah. But it's part of L.A. And then uh, moved to Pasadena in 1965. So that's 55 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, how how was your childhood? Like, what have you seen, like, the biggest changes from your childhood, you know, when you were growing up in that area to now, you know, being in Pasadena? Like, what major changes have you seen in California and what do you dislike about the, the change and what do you like about the change? Well, my childhood was uh, in the 1940s. We, uh, the family had one car and that was considered um, uh, borderline luxury. But uh, uh, again, you have to remember indoor plumbing was uh, not new then, but it was relatively new. And most places had one bathroom, whereas today you have multiple bathrooms and you have many cars in the family and so forth. So it was uh, uh, in my my family. My dad left the uh, car at home for my mother. Uh, My mother uh, had difficulty walking, and uh, so she drove the car to run errands. And uh, my dad would walk uh, three, four blocks to get the streetcar to go downtown LA to his office. Mm-hmm. And then he came back on the streetcar and walked the rest of the way home. So he didn't use a car 
in and uh, uh, going to in going to work, and um, everything was local. We, uh, uh, we the kids weren't uh, uh, taken to uh, little league practice, and there there was there was none of the group activities that exist today for kids. We played sandlot ball. Uh, we, we played in vacant lots, and if we played baseball, why we we drew our own lines and made our own bases and did all of that yeah. stuff. So, do you think people were, were like more friendly back then because it was there was less people and it was just everyone was pretty local? And uh, I don't know. I mean, do you know a lot of your neighbors right now? Like, <laughs> no, it, it was much more of a, a neighborhood environment back then. You knew your neighbors. And a lot of times my parents knew neighbors because uh, they knew the parents of friends of mine in the neighborhood. And my friends and I all went to a, a, an elementary school that we could all walk to. So, and I would always be after school at someone's house. And when my mother wanted me, she would uh, go out the front door and yell my name. And usually I was within earshot. Yeah. And I could hear her, and I'd come home. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pasadena Podcast. I am your host, Michael Soto. And on this segment of our show, we will be discussing my grandfather. Um, and his name is Bob Fuller. Um, so Bob and I are actually roommates, so I've gotten to spend uh, a lot of time with him learning about his, his experiences in California, um, what he has seen change the most and what his favorite parts are of the state. So Bob dove into many great topics, um, and our interview that we will be touching on in a bit. However, I want to get started about, uh, learning who he is and where he comes from. So Bob was born in 1938 in Los Feliz, which is adjacent to Glendale, uh, California, and pretty close to Griffith Park. Uh, as anyone who was born at that time, there have been changes, a lot of changes since the 30s. He, we can start with the creation of fast food. There was no In-N-Out, McDonald's, Starbucks. Uh, there were also no freeways. Uh, skyscrapers were created because of how many people there were who flooded in into the state and obviously colored film. But growing up, there was none of that for him. Bob Fuller lived a very simple life with his mom and dad, where kids would walk everywhere with other kids, you know, without fearing for their life, they were going to be taken. Most families had only one car, and even that was a luxury. And indoor plumbing was relatively new. So Bob has seen lots of change, but this evolution he witnessed honestly refers back to how Native Americans and what they experienced before the change of California. So little do they know, but both Bob and the Native Americans who first owned this land have a lot in common. Bob grew up knowing everybody in his neighborhood. California, back in the 40s, was compiled of 6.9 million people. Nowadays, there are over 40 million people. Times were simple then, and the population was much, much smaller in the 40s. Everybody knew everybody in small towns like Los Feliz. 
after school, Bob would walk home with his schoolmates, and his mother found him fairly easily by simply yelling out his name on the block. The times were simple, and people enjoyed each other's company. So, referring back to the Native Americans uh, in the novel by Kevin Starr called California, uh, the first chapters cover Native Americans and how for centuries, hundreds of thousands of Native Americans have been making their homes, living their lives in the place now called California. Furthermore, he explains how everyone knew where each tribe was located and which area was theirs. Star says, Coast Miwok lived in present-day Marin County. Coast Anan lived in present-day Big Sur hunting for shellfish. Gabrielinos were centered in Orange County. Chumash lived along the Santa Barbara coast, and so on and so forth. There were many tribes located in California who knew where everyone was at. This is emphasized within their small communities and groups. Comparing the Gabrielinos to Bob's neighborhood growing up, Everyone knew each other and felt comfortable living in a society where it was safe from discrimination, danger, and exclusion. However, as Native Americans saw, lots of change happened, such as when the Spanish soldiers and missionaries invaded in 1769, so did Bob. As I mentioned before, Bob saw LA, a small city, become a metropolis full of skyscrapers and entertainment. Furthermore, Moving on into his early adulthood, Bob became a broker in the stock market. Now, recently retired from his career, he was in the business for 60 years. And over those 60 years, he was able to create a family, purchase a home, and create lots of wealth through the state of California. It came as no surprise that California was the place with the wealthiest clientele of the brokerage business. It costs a lot to live here. And so... These people had to make a lot of money. So during our interview, we touched on the topic of the ca- opportunities California has and how people can become rich through the state. This directly relates to a recent topic in California regarding the Indian gaming industry, or as we all know them now, as Indian casinos. You know, the ones, uh, Morongo, Commerce, etc. A documentary called California's Lost Tribes explains exactly how Native Americans found wealth through the land of California by allowing the the creation of casinos. Now, in the documentary, they explain how Native Americans basically went from living in poor, dirty reservations to becoming rich through the gaming industry. And I found this to resonate directly with Bob because growing up, his family was poor, and couldn't really afford a lot of luxury items uh, besides having one car that you know both parents shared. Um, and this was due to uh, his mom always battling sickness and his dad being um, a workaholic who took a lot of pride in his work um, to where he didn't want to work for anybody else. Um, so they didn't earn a lot of money back then. So Bob was not wealthy by any means. Um, however, This all changed after he um, got his undergraduate degree from Stanford University uh, College in California in the Palo Alto area. And he landed a job with Dean Witter, uh, a brokerage business. So through that, he found wealth through California's people. 
and, and clientele, like how Indian gaming found wealth through the people by creating these casinos. Bob's entire situation would have been drastically different if it was not for California. California was a state that provided a lot of opportunity in the industry, a lot of opportunity for wealth, just like how the Indians found a lot of wealth through these casinos. Bob found a lot of wealth through the clientele in the brokerage business. 